ربشرحلی صدر ویسر علی عمری وحل العقدتم السانی یبکہ قولی آمین السلام علیکم ٹوڈے وی ول بی ڈسکسنگ ٹو نیمس وچ ڈسکرائب دا وننیس آف اللہ ہز توحید توحید از دا فاؤنڈیشن آف آر ایمان اینڈ بوتھ دا نیمس الحد اینڈ الواحد ایمفسائز دس آئیڈیا آف اللہ وننیس سو وی اسٹارٹ ود الحد دا سول ون دی انکمپریبل ون دا یونیک Allah is the one and only, unequaled, incomparable, indivisible. Allah always has been, is, and will always remain Al-Ahad. Al-Ahad is derived from the Arabic root Hamza Ha Dal, and it has two main meanings. The first meaning is to be solely one, to be the only one. The second meaning is to unite or to unify. A few derived forms of this root appear in the Quran about 85 times, but as Ahad, it only appears twice in the Quran. And both of those times are in Surah Ikhlas, where Allah Al-Ahad himself says, Kul hu Allahu Ahad, say he is Allah who is one. In connection with this name of Allah Al-Ahad, most of us are familiar with the story of Hazrat Bilal Raziyallahu Anha. We know he was tortured by Umayyah ibn Khalaf because of his proclamation of this oneness of Allah. And he was tortured in the heat of the sun, denied food or drink with a massive rock on his chest. For 11 days he remained unshakable in his faith, uttering the words, Ahadun Ahad, the one, the one. Until he was purchased by Abu Bakr and set free. And then we know that he moved on to become the first Muaddan of Islam. Let's move on to Al-Wahid, the one, the single. Allah is Al-Wahid, the one and only God. He has no partners and there is none equal to him. Wahid is derived from the root Waw-Ha-Dal, which means to be one, to be made one, to be called one, to be unique, singular, to be one apart from others. The word Wahid itself in Arabic means one. And as a number, it may be used in a relative sense as well. But Al-Wahid, as it applies to Allah, is absolute. There is only one Allah. He is unique in all aspects, has absolutely no equal. Imam Ghazali, with regards to Al-Wahid, says he is one who can neither be divided nor duplicated. This indivisibility raises Allah above and beyond any dependence of any sort. He is complete as he is and he does not need to rely on anything external to be considered whole. In Surah Raad, which is Surah number 13, Ayah number 16, we read, Allah says, Say who is the Lord of the heavens and the earth? Have they made partners with Allah who created as he created and thus the creation seemed to them alike? Say Allah is the creator of all things. وَهُوَ الْوَاحِدُ الْقَحَارِ And he is one all dominant. In Surah Ibrahim, which is Surah number 14, Ayah number 48, we read, On the day the earth will be replaced by another earth, and the heavens as well, and all creatures will come out before Allah, Al-Wahid, Al-Kahar. In Surah Saad, which is Surah number 38, Ayah number 65, we read, Say, O Muhammad, I am only a warner, and there is not any deity except Allah, the one, the prevailing. Al-Wahid, Al-Kahar. In Surah Zumar, which is Surah number 39, Ayah number 4, we read, If Allah had wished to take a son, he could have chosen as he wished out of what he had created. 
Glory be to him. He is Allah Al-Wahid Al-Kahar, the only one, the all-dominant. Every time the name Al-Wahid appears in the Quran, and it appears about 22 times, it is paired with Al-Kahar, and it is a powerful combination. Al-Kahar is the one who dominates and prevails over anything and everything. Allah chose the name Al-Wahid to be paired with Al-Kahar to illustrate his supreme authority and his ultimate power. Al-Kahar has the power to subdue anyone, anything in the universe, and all that is in the heavens and the earth submits to Al-Wahid, him and him alone. He alone can prevail over all else combined. Now, as you may have noticed, both the names Al-Ahad and Al-Wahid have similar meanings. Both denote the oneness of Allah. But as is the case with all names of Allah, they are not synonymous. There are subtle differences in the meaning. Linguistically, Al-Ahad cannot be divided into parts. Wahid technically can be divided into separate parts. So some scholars, according to Tafsir Asma Allah by Al-Zajjaj, they differentiate between Al-Wahid and Al-Ahad saying, that Al-Wahid refers to being singular in essence, whereas Al-Ahad means that he is one in both his essence and his attributes. So Al-Wahid is one in and of himself as the numerical one, and Al-Ahad means he is one in his attributes. It describes absolute oneness and uniqueness, and none compares to him. We can also think of Ahad and Wahid with Ahad indicating a negation and Wahid indicating an affirmation. Let me give you an example. I mean, I could say, Lam ara ahada. I didn't see anyone. That's a negation. Or I could say, Ara rajulan wahidun. I saw one man as an affirmation. So, Al Wahid then denotes that there is only one Allah, affirmation, and Al Ahad denotes that there is no one like him. So like a negation. So Al-Wahid, as we mentioned earlier, appears several times in the Quran, like 22 times. And Al-Ahad appears only in one place, and that is Surah Ikhlas. Kul Allahu Ahad, say he is Allah the one. Malam yakullahu kufuwan ahad. And there is no equivalent for him. Surah Ikhlas, one of the most commonly recited surahs, is the ultimate proclamation of Allah's Tawheed, his unity. Its four short ayahs encapsulate the essence of Islam. Allah is one and nothing compares to him. It rejects all forms of idolatry and polytheism. This short declaration of Tawheed is often cited, according to a hadith, to be equivalent to one-third of the Quran, which, according to scholars, refers to the subject of Tawheed, the content matter, which comprises a third of the Quran. There is a hadith about Surah Ikhlas, where uh, Sayyid al-Musayyib reported that Rasulullah once said that if anyone recites Surah Ikhlas ten times, Allah will build a palace for them in Jannah. To which Umar bin al-Khattab said, then we shall produce many palaces for ourselves. To which Rasulullah replied, Allah's abundant grace is even more comprehensive than that. Subhanallah. Now, uniqueness, when it applies to anything other than Allah, has its limitations and it has an expiration. We can say that each individual is unique in his or her own way. We can say there may be some attributes that make a person unique. However, when we die, it all ends. One individual may be unique in his or her time, but he may be preceded by or followed by someone else who shares his attribute in a different time. 
The type of uniqueness that is attributed to Allah is unique in itself. Allah is alone and unique in his essence. Imam Zaruk has said, He is one in his attributes. He resembles nothing and nothing resembles him. And Allah gives us examples of this statement many times in the Quran where he says that nothing compares to him. In Surah Shura, which is Surah number 42, Ayah 11, Allah is mentioning the creation of pairs among people and cattle. And then he follows that up with, Laysa kamitlihi shayun. Nothing is like him. He is singular and unique. Allah's attribute of oneness, ahadiya, is his singular unique unity, qualified by eternity, transcending all manners of description and comparison. How can then we live by this name of Allah? Number one, fully acknowledge the testimony of faith, the shahada, its meaning and its implications and develop sincerity, ikhlas in our faith and in our actions. Ikhlas by definition means sincerity and purity and refinement. So we must let our knowledge of Tawheed inspire sincerity in our faith and all that we do. Additionally, we must also protect ourselves against association of partners with Allah. There is a dua that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would often make. Allahumma inni a'uzu bika an ushrika bika wa ana alamu wa astaghfiruka lima la alamu. That, O oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from knowingly associating partners with you and I seek your forgiveness for that which I do not know. Second, acknowledging Allah as the one and only should compel us to listen and obey to him over and above anyone else and that includes our personal whims and desires. In Surah Al-Jasiyah, which is Surah number 45, Ayah number 23, Allah says, Have you seen him who takes his desire as his God? Astaghfirullah. So we must obey only him over all else. Allah's command must take precedence over everything else and the goal of anything that we do the end goal must be to earn Allah's pleasure and lastly we must invoke Al-Ahad for every need we must turn to him first before turning to other means at our disposal there is a prophetic dua as well Allahumma inni as'aluka ya Allah bi annaka al-wahidul ahadus samad allazi lam yalid wa lam yulad wa lam yakul lahu kufuwan ahad an taghfir li dhunubi innaka antal ghafurur rahim O Allah I ask you O Allah you are the one the only the self-sufficient master who was not begotten and begets not and none is equal to him forgive me my sins surely you are forgiving and merciful let us also make this dua, O Allah Al-Ahad, we know that you are the only. Bless us with pure intentions and help us do actions most pleasing to you. Guide us to understand, live and die by the Shahada so the fire may not touch us and we may enter your everlasting gardens. Ameen. I leave you with that today. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu Allah ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Glory is to you Allah and praises to you. I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship but you.